Hey guys, welcome to our weekly news show here on Backstage with Millionaires. I'm Caleb, your host, and it has been an interesting week in India's startup ecosystem. We have celebrations and we also have controversies. On the celebration side, we have two new unicorns, we have some fundraising, we have some acquisitions, but then on the controversy side, we have bans, protests, legal battles, and we're going to be getting into all of that in this episode, so look forward to all of those things. Starting things off, though, let's talk about how Dream 11 has now been kicked out of Karnataka. It's been banned along with all of the other fantasy gaming companies that were operating in Karnataka. Last week, we talked about how pretty much all of the competition was out of Karnataka, but Dream 11 had stuck around because they assumed that they would be allowed to, given that the Supreme Court had decided that Dream 11 was in fact offering games of skill. And Karnataka was banning games of chance disguised as games of skill, but Karnataka sees things differently and an FIR was filed against the two co founders of Dream 11. Now, obviously, this is a very bad time for this to be happening to Dream 11 because of IPL. You've also got the T20 World Cup coming up, so they're going to be losing a lot of money in Karnataka, but they have shut down their operations in the state now, and they've also said that we are a responsible, law-abiding company, and that we're extending our full cooperation to the authorities. So it looks like they're going along with this, even though they don't necessarily agree with it. And I'm curious to know what you guys think of this situation. Don't think about the business model. Don't think about what they're actually offering. I'm not asking from a moral standpoint. I'm asking from a legal standpoint. Do you think that Karnataka is in the right here and they should be allowed to kick Dream 11 out in spite of the fact that the Supreme Court had said that Dream 11 was actually offering games of skill? Or do you think that Dream 11 is in the right and they should be allowed to continue to operate in the state of Karnataka? Let me know what your thoughts are in a comment down below. All right, next up in the news, over 100 women working with Urban Company as beauticians have gone on strike. They were protesting for the last three months, citing unfair work practices, but that didn't get any response from Urban Company. And so they had to take things a step further. They went on strike as a last resort, hoping that Urban Company would notice. And the company certainly has. They've put forward a statement. They're making some changes. So I'm going to be telling you guys a little bit about what these workers are claiming, what Urban Company is saying in response, and also what those changes that are coming from Urban Company side are. So first of all, these beauticians are claiming that Urban Company has hiked commissions as high as 30%, leading to a decline in their earnings. They're also claiming that the products that they need to use for their work with Urban Company actually need to be purchased from the company itself, from Urban Company, and that the prices for these products are actually higher than market rates for the same products that are not branded. Also, they're saying that they haven't been offered any kind of insurance by the company. They're claiming that they have to work long hours and even late into the night, which is not considered safe. And lastly, they're claiming that they're being penalized if they don't complete at least 30 jobs in a month, which results in them having to decline jobs if those jobs are too far away or if the job is happening in the evening, for example. Now, in response to this, Urban Company has released the earnings for their partners for the last three months. That's July, August, and September. And according to this release, these partners are earning a net average of 20,000 rupees per month, which is, according to the company, quite a bit higher than the average of between 12,000 and 15,000 rupees for service professionals in the offline space. Now, regarding their products business, they're actually contradicting the beauticians who are protesting and going on strike here. They're saying that what they're selling to their partners, the products that they're selling, are actually being sold at a lower cost as compared to the offline world and normal market rates for these products, and that they're 
their product business is actually running at a 0% margin, which we can see from their financial year of 2021 annual financial statements. And finally, with regards to insurance, they're once again contradicting the people who are on strike here, saying that all of their active partners, basically anybody who's done one job in the last 30 days, is covered under group personal accident insurance with benefits up to six lakh rupees. Now, obviously in a case like this, actions speak significantly louder than words. Nobody really cares what Urban Company is saying at this point. People are protesting, they're going on strike. This is serious, so we wanna see some action. And Urban Company is taking some action here. They've reduced the commission from 30% to 25% for high ticket orders. They've also reduced the penalty cap from 3,000 rupees to 1,500 rupees. And then finally, they've introduced cancellation charges for customers who cancel at the last minute. And these charges go into the pockets of the partners who were inconvenienced by that cancellation. All right, next up in the news, things are getting even more heated now between Zostel and Oil. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, check this video out. We explain it in a little bit more detail. I'm not gonna talk about the whole thing here because it is a bit long and we wanna get through all of the news today. So Zostel has gone to the Securities and Exchange Board of India asking them to reject OYO's draft red herring prospectus for their upcoming IPO. They're saying that this draft red herring prospectus submission was actually illegal because OYO's capital structure has not yet been finalized because of this ongoing dispute with Zostel. So I'm curious to see what the SCBI actually does with this recommendation, whether they take Zostel's request seriously or not. But I also thought that this would be a good opportunity to point out that there are currently 20 legal cases against OYO's subsidiaries, directors, and promoters. And get this, in the last three years, they've spent 1,000 crore rupees fighting these legal battles. That's $133 million in three years on these legal battles, which they're saying are not going to have a material impact on the company's progress. I don't know if I believe that. $133 million is a substantial amount of money, even if you cut it up into three chunks for those three years. And moving forward, if Zostel actually wins this case, if they're able to convince the Securities and Exchange Board of India, or if they're able to convince the court, is gonna be in big trouble. And this will have a serious impact on the company's progress moving forward. I think that's just Oyo's way of trying to make their stakeholders feel more comfortable, make the public feel more comfortable in preparation for this IPO, saying that, no, 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 everything's fine, we've got it under control. Probably in the meantime, in the, you know, in the back end, they're freaking out, they're panicking, what's gonna happen? So let's see, I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens here. All right, next up in the news, a quick update on the situation with Bharat Bay Centrum. Four months back, they received in principle approval from the RBI to set up a small finance bank, but that's obviously in principle approval. It's not complete approval. Now they have received that full approval. For the first time in six years, the RBI is granting a fresh banking license. And with this license, Bharat Bay Centrum is setting up Unity Small Finance Bank. Now, as all of this was going on just earlier this week, Bharat Pate also appointed the State Bank of India's former chief, Rajneesh Kumar, as their chairman of the board. And he's gonna be helping this fintech unicorn with their key business and regulatory initiatives as they aim to build India's largest digital credit provider. All right, next up in the news, there are rumors floating around that Swiggy is trying to get into India's social commerce space with the launch of Swiggy Bazaar. 
Now, these are just rumors, so take it with a grain of salt. This is not coming directly from Swiggy, but it would make sense. Everybody right now is trying to get a piece of this social commerce pie, and they're gonna be launching Swiggy Bazaar, according to these rumors, in the next couple of months as a pilot in Bengaluru and Gurugram. Now, I feel the need to point out here that social commerce is typically associated with fashion because fashion is the fastest growing segment of the social commerce space. That's obviously not what's happening here. Swiggy is a food tech company, and so Swiggy Bazaar is gonna be focusing on groceries, FMCG, and farm produce delivery, and they'll be following a similar model to DealShare with group buying. All right, next up in the news real quick, digital payments platform MobiQuick has received approval from the Securities and Exchange Board of India for their 1,900 crore rupee IPO. But the bigger news with MobiQuick is that they are now a unicorn after a secondary funding round led by Matthew Kyriak, who is the former head of Blackstone India. So congratulations, MobiQuick, on becoming a unicorn. All right, moving on to some acquisition news now. Unacademy's Graphy has acquired SaaS-based Spay in a deal worth $25 million. Now, Spay is very similar to Graphy. It's a platform where creators can build and sell courses online. So this is actually a competition acquisition. Graphy is buying Spay because they don't want to have to compete with them anymore. And instead, all of the revenue from Spay will be now going to Graphy. But Spay will be continuing to work independently under the umbrella of Unacademy. All right, next up in the acquisition news, dockless scooter rental startup Bounce has acquired EV startup 22 Motors. This is very exciting because it's expected that by November 15th of this year, 2021, Bounce will be launching their own electric scooter with the help of 22 Motors and with the help of a new subsidiary that Bounce has set up called Zwink. Now, my understanding is that Zwink is just the brand, it's owned of course by Bounce, and the technology is coming from 22 Motors. Now, besides this fresh new electric scooter, Zwink will have another source of revenue in retrofitting. What they're gonna do is take your old petrol scooter and convert it for you into an electric scooter, and this service will cost 26,999 rupees, which you can pay with monthly EMIs of 899 rupees per month. Is this something that you would be interested in for those of you who actually have a scooter like me? I have a petrol scooter. I don't like paying for petrol. The price is going up and I'm thinking 26,999 rupees spread out across a couple of months with these low EMI payments seems kind of attractive. So let me know what your thoughts are on that in a comment down below. All right, moving on to some funding news now. Let's talk about India's 30-second startup unicorn of 2021, used car marketplace Cardeco. They've raised $250 million in a funding round led by Leapfrog Investments, and $200 million of this was in the form of equity, and $50 million of this was in the form of debt. They're now valued at $1.2 billion, which is a pretty big jump from their previous valuation in 2019 of $725 million. So as you guys probably already know, Cardeco is now the third Indian startup unicorn in this category after Room and Cars24, and they're planning to go public in the next 18 months. They're currently seeing an annual revenue run rate of more than $100 million, and they're operational across Indonesia, Malaysia, and the Philippines, as well as India, of course. They're going to be using these funds to just generally grow their business across all of these geographies, and they're also going to be using some of it to grow their financing business as well. 
All right, next up in the funding news, virtual and hybrid events platform Hubbalo has raised $125 million in a funding round led by Alkian Capital. So Hubbalo was founded in 2015, long before the pandemic started. And so their focus was on in-person events. They were trying to boost engagement. They were trying to boost networking with things like leaderboards and quizzes and matchmaking tools and collaboration tools. But then of course the pandemic hit in 2020 and so they were forced although they did it very gracefully, to take all of these tools and bring them online. And all of a sudden, they started attracting customers that they had never thought to reach out to before. Now they're being used by more than 800 companies around the world to host these virtual events. So they're going to be using these funds to make their product better by adding more features. And also, they're going to be expanding their operations to new geographies around the world. All right, next up in the funding news, Neo Banking Platform for SMEs and Startups Open has raised $100 million in a funding round led by Temasek at a $500 million valuation. So Open is a Neo Bank, just like any other, but of course their focus is on SMEs and startups, small businesses that are moving quickly, they need to be agile, they need a lot of these banking solutions to be made available to them online, and they need things like automated accounting and invoice management, payroll management, stuff like that. And these are the things that Open offers, which is how they've managed to onboard more than 2 million businesses. So they're going to be using these funds to add more banking products to their portfolio and also to expand into new geo geographies like the United States, Europe, and Southeast Asia. All right, next up in the funding news, D2C fresh fruits and vegetable startup Frazo has raised $50 million in a funding round led by Westbridge Capital. So Frazo is essentially doing with fresh fruits and vegetables what Licious has done with meat. They've set up an entire farm-to-home supply chain, and the idea here is that when you're ordering things from their platform, those fruits and vegetables were picked about 18 hours before you're ordering them, so they're very, very fresh. And this is how they've managed to achieve 5 lakh orders per month in Mumbai and Hyderabad. But now, they're going to be using these funds to expand into new geographies, and they're hoping in the next 12 to 18 months to reach 10 million orders per month. All right, that is all the startup news that I have for you guys this week. I hope you enjoyed the video. I hope you learned something from it. And if you did, please do hit the like button. It really helps us out. And also, if you could share this video with someone who you think would enjoy it. And then also, if you haven't already subscribed, now would be a great time to do so because we post new videos every single week about Indian startups, entrepreneurs, and the latest news. Also, I wanted to say a big thanks to all of our Backstage with Millionaires members, our unicorns, our decacorns, and our hectacorns. You guys are all incredible people. Thank you so much for your financial support. The fact that you guys are walking alongside us on this journey and financially contributing to what we're doing here really does mean a lot to us. And also, thanks to everybody who's been applauding our videos recently with super thanks. That's also very helpful and we really appreciate it. But even if you can't afford to financially support what we do here at Backstage with Millionaires, just the fact that you've watched this video through to the end is plenty of help. So thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Backstage with Millionaires, and I will see you in the next one.